Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to Ty's Tech Line, the podcast featuring real conversations with real people talking about how technology impacts our everyday lives. I'm your host, Tyler Harrington, and thank you so much for being here. It's great to have you back. This week on the podcast, we have a really fun episode. We are speaking with my friend Josh Medlin. Josh is a filmmaker based here in Richmond, Virginia, but he is also a fellow tech nerd and Apple fanboy. So I am talking to Josh today about a recent journey that he has been on venturing out of the beautiful walled garden of Apple and into the world of Android. Josh has been experimenting with some Android phones, trying to replace his iPhone after being a loyal iPhone user for years and years and years. And I really want to have him on the podcast just to kind of talk about his experience, talk about his thoughts between iOS and Android and sort of where he sees Apple in his life and in the world today, along with kind of how Google and Android and all these different companies fit into the mix. So it's a really great conversation with Josh. We also get to talk about a couple other nerdy tech things at the end, including the Nintendo Switch and both of our loves for the Canon C100. So sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Josh Medlin. All right, so we have Josh on the podcast today. Josh, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Hey, so thanks so much for being on the podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. Uh, before we get started, I just want to say belated happy birthday. Your birthday was yesterday, right? Thank you. Yes, it was. It was. And you are, how how young are you now? <laughs> I am 22 years old. 22. All right. So you get the Taylor Swift song for the whole year is your, is your theme song. How do you feel yep. about that? Uh, Erica woke me up yesterday to that song. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of a kind of a rite of passage. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, 22. Oh, so young. So, so much life ahead of you. No, it's so funny. Cause like, I feel when I talked to you and I had hope on the podcast before, it uh-huh. makes me feel super old. I know that I'm not old and there's plenty of people out there listening not to this who are like, yeah. Tyler, you're so young too. I'm like, yeah, it's all, it's all relative. <laughs> but talking to you guys always makes me feel a little bit older. But uh, for anybody out there, Josh, you may not know who you are. Could you real quick, just kind of tell us who you are, what you do and what you're all about? Yeah. So I am a filmmaker. That's how I describe myself. Um, the bulk of my, I guess you could say income is obviously from weddings because I feel like over here on the East Coast, unless you're in Atlanta or New York, you know, most of your income is going to come from weddings. So that's where most of my income comes from. But I actually have like fallen in love with filmmaking completely. Like I started off with stealing my parents camcorder when I was like eight years old and filming like stupid little Lego stop motion films. And then graduated from doing that to doing like little skits with my brothers and sisters. And then throughout the years, I started booking like $50 gigs and just kind of worked my way up through the ranks. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome about you is that as long as I've ever known you. Okay. So first of all, I would like to say that I've always had a hard time figuring out what to call you. Um, because <laughs> when I first ever found out about you or like met you, you were JB Medlin on, yeah, so <laughs> on Facebook. So then I started calling you JB. Like it was always like, Oh, JB Medlin, JB Medlin. And then I started talking to like hope who knew you in high school. And she was like, who? And I was like, JB. And she's like, who's JB? I'm like, you know, J- JB Medlin. She's like, Oh, you mean Josh? And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. But she's like, Oh, nobody calls him JB. And I was like, wait, what? His Facebook says JB. So give me this backstory. I know there's actually a really funny story about JB. So if you're willing to share it, I would love <laughs> yeah, for you to no, talk I'm, about that for a second. I'm an open book. I'll, I'll let everyone know about that. Right, talk about the JB thing. Really embarrassing. Yes. So yeah, um, the JB thing in terms of like the letter J and then the B, um, that was because I was trying to be like super sneaky. And I was like, I looked up Josh Medlin on Google and there's like a bunch that came back. So I was like, oh, well, like knowing nothing about SEO, I was like, oh, well, SEO wise, I should just like make it JB because then I'll be the first one that comes back. And that was true. But um, like you said, uh, a lot of people, like a lot of my clients and stuff would be like JB and like, oh, no, 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 call me Josh. So like it just ended up being weird. So that's why I switched it back to 
Joshua, and now I just have it as Josh because that's what I actually go by. But the funny backstory is... Uh, yes, talk to me about the J-A-Y. So I'm going to go way back and like talk about... You no, know, it was actually J-A-I hyphen, hyphen B. Yes. Like Jay-Z. Uh, yes, I love it. Very embarrassing. You could probably tell where this is going. I'm just going to... No, nobody can tell where it's going if they don't know. So tell, uh, tell the people, okay. Josh. So um, it started back in like... I don't know. I was a sophomore in high school. So I think that's like... 2012 i don't know but anyways i was obsessed doesn't sound really funny i was obsessed with like the concept and idea of rebecca black like that just like killed me i was like the girl with the song friday yeah she was like making so much money and like had she was on ellen like all this different stuff and i was like well i can do that like i can make a bad song i made this song called rewind and it was like about one of my ex-girlfriends in high school and it was (laughs) was she was she your ex-girlfriend at the time or she's your ex-girlfriend now uh she's my ex-girlfriend at the time at the time okay so it wasn't like your current girlfriend you're making the song about it was an ex-girlfriend even no no no. it was like yeah it was like a breakup song which got it got it got it okay okay okay. uh so I made this song and I was like, I tried to make the video like as like cringy as possible. And it was like this hook that like, I purchased this beat and it had this like really good singing hook on it, but it was like very like Justin Bieber and it was like talking about rewinding and like all the footage was like me going in reverse. It was like very cheesy. And I would say my plan like barely worked. It got everyone in my high school to hate me. And like everyone in my high school knew me as JB, as this guy that was like rapping, but like I didn't get on Ellen. I didn't get on like Tosh.0 or anything. No web redemptions for me. So right. I just ended up like sabotaging my entire high school career, which was really cool. <laughs> so JB was your rap name, essentially, yeah, yeah, is what yeah. you're telling so, me. Actually, I think the rewind was just Josh Bryan. I thought that was like kind of Justin Biebery. And then I was like, oh, well, like how did Eminem come up with his name, which is like his initials M and M. And he just like spelt it like phonetically. So I was like, oh, I'll just do JB. Like that's... You know, he, like Eminem was like my idol back then. So. That's so funny. Uh, Eminem's a good idol to have, I think. But uh, yeah, I think that's a funny story that people, most people wouldn't know about you. But now you are Joshua Bryan Cinema, right? That is your, mm-hmm. that's where you have landed. Yes. And you are, I'm trying to think what else I know about you. You're currently engaged, right? You're, and you're actually getting married really soon, right? That's exciting. Yes, May 26th. May 26th. So it's coming up. That's right around the corner. How do you feel about that? Because you've been engaged for a while, right? Yeah, we've been engaged. It'll be two years on May 15th. So almost like, <laughs> Yeah, almost almost to the day a two-year engagement yeah yep yep yeah and we've been dating two years prior before that so we'll have been together for a total of four years by then that's great and you and your fiance you're both in the wedding industry erica does photography and does a great job as well and uh how has that been working because you guys you guys do you work together a lot or yeah so pretty much the way it works is like it's essentially like we work together in the same company but it's not so any date that we're not like double booked so if i have a wedding and she doesn't then she's second shooting for me and vice Mm -hmm. versa Mm -hmm. Uh, which is really good because obviously i trust her I call her my secret weapon because she's like very personal with the brides and stuff. And I'm sure you can like relate. Like there's only like so close a guy can get with a bride without acting like overly feminine. And I'm not overly feminine. Like obviously I'm not like hoorah rah. Like I'm not like super manly. Like, oh, I got to watch sports and all these things. But um, yeah, she's like super good about that. And um, I just do the same. I got a second shoot with her for her weddings. And it works out. We actually kind of like launched our businesses at the same time when we met in high school. Was that just a coincidence or? Yeah. So she actually met me. We met on Twitter, embarrassingly enough. Um, you didn't, did but, you not go to the same high school? No, we didn't. She went to James Monroe in Fredericksburg. And I went to Riverbend High School, okay. um, which was good for me because she didn't know about the whole rapping thing, um, <laughs> which, is, which is probably why we're together right now. How long did it take um, before you told her? Um, people actually started telling her. They're like, you're dating that JB guy. Oh, like, gosh. 
you don't know about that? And I was like, no, 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 no. I like went on YouTube and started deleting videos as fast as I could. I realized <laughs> they were still on the internet. But yeah, she um, started following me because my Twitter avatar was me kissing my camera. And she was like, oh, he's another photographer in the area. And of course, being a high school male, I was like, oh, she's hot. So like I DM'd her. And I was like, hey, like we should talk sometime and ended up getting her number. And like a week later, we ended up going to Virginia barbecue because I'm a clueless high school boy. That's where I decided to take her. And she says I didn't even pay for her. I I remember paying for her, but I'll, I'll trust her on that. And we ended up talking for like four hours, four hours straight. And it felt like 30 minutes. So. That's always a good that we sign. Had something there. Well, yeah. It's funny. We actually had a um, one of the groomsmen toasts from one of our weddings last summer. The uh, the bride and the groom, they their first date was Virginia barbecue as well, and it was a similar really? kind of thing where they were like, "This is probably not a good first date spot." But and I know that you guys are both uh, Canon Canon users, loyal Canon users, right? Yes, sir. Canon for life. Canon for life. Yes. I there's very few of us. I feel like we're dwindling down these days. So the reason I want to have Josh on the podcast is because Josh is also like me, just very passionate about technology and gear and all those types of things. And we share a lot of mutual love for products such as Canon uh, being one of them. And another one that we have a mutual love hate relationship with, I would say these days is Apple, right? And Mm -hmm. Josh just went through a very interesting Apple experience that I really want to talk to you about. So you have been an iPhone user since how long? Actually, let's talk about this since you're younger than me. When do you remember what was your first cell phone? Was it an iPhone? My first cell phone was some no-name brand flip phone from Verizon. Okay. I don't, I don't even know what it was. It was my dad's cell phone. He just, he let me have How it. old were you when you got your first cell phone? Uh, I think I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. So I was in probably, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. When I got a cell phone and same thing, I had like a random flip phone and I probably went through a bunch of different more phones before I got to an iPhone. When did mm. you get your first iPhone? Yeah. So I had a, a bunch of different like keyboard phones i think i know you remember those yeah nv2 and stuff i had a blackjack did you ever have a black have you heard of the blackjack blackjack was that a blackberry phone no it was a it might have been lg it had like the physical keyboard it was like it was a smartphone quote unquote because it like technically had the internet but it it was like a combination of like a blackberry and a smartphone that was the last phone Hmm. i had before i got an iphone no yeah i don't remember that one but um I knew for the longest time I wanted a sidekick and Erica yeah. said she had one. So the sidekick was super cool. I never had a sidekick either, but those were super cool back in the day. Yeah. The first iPhone I had was the 3GS. Okay. Yeah. So same here. So, but we probably got them in very different times because you were probably in, in, in high school. Uh, yeah, I think I was a freshman in high school and I got the 3GS and then my ex-girlfriend, her little brother like threw it against a rock and it shattered <laughs> and broke like literally like a giant rock outside. Um, so then I ended up getting like a, it was an LG Nexus. I think it was the first Nexus phone, which was probably like one of the original Android phones, huh? Yeah. It was like the first one that had like stock Android on it. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So for a while then you've been kind of iOS going, you know, you ventured between iOS and mm-hmm. and Android mm-hmm. and that type of thing. So for me, yeah, I got a, I got a 3GS was my first iPhone and that was in 2009. So mm-hmm. I was a, it was between my freshman and sophomore year of college. I, I remember, I very, very distinctly remember watching the keynote when, Steve Jobs announced the original iPhone and I was in high school at the time and I remember sitting on my bed like watching this thing and being like that is amazing like I want that so badly and that is literally going to change the world do you have some sort of experience like that that you remember as well I remember I don't remember the iPhone per se but I remember when the iPod touch came out Mm -hmm. and I remember my brother getting it for Christmas and it had that um like skateboarding game on it and like the whole like accelerometer thing was like a, like a new technology. Right. And yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. like, 
like using the compass app, like just stupidly. Like that sounds so stupid now because it's like, obviously our phones can do so much more. But like, I remember like just like rotating the phone around because I was like so different and like the, the car racing games and stuff, being able to tilt the phone. Like I remember that being like so groundbreaking. Yes. I had, I had an iPod touch, but also before I got my iPhone because I, yeah, I couldn't get the iPhone yet or whatever. Cause well, before the three GS, what was crazy about the iPhone is that there was really like, there was no app store. There mm-hmm. was no like front facing camera. Like there's a lot of things on the iPhone that we kind of take for granted now that took mm-hmm. like a couple generations to get to. Um, yeah. but for me, so, I got that 3GS and then I've had an iPhone ever since. And I've had, I think every single iteration, I might've skipped a couple of like the S models and things like that. Like back when you actually had to wait two years to get an, up, mm-hmm. to get an upgrade. So from when you got that 3GS and you got that Nexus, when did you jump back onto the iPhone? Yeah. So immediately pretty much right after, uh, I think it, it was probably like a year or so. And then I switched back to like, it was like an iPhone four, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Which um, some people, well, the, it was the five. A lot of people argue that the iPhone five was the best iPhone ever made. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Wait, was there not a four? There was a four. No, yeah, there was a four. So the okay, four yeah, was, yeah. but it was shorter still. So the five yeah, is the when five they made it, tall. they made it a little bit taller, expanded the screen to the, it's the same one as like the SE that they have out today. And it had uh-huh, the metal, uh-huh. like uh, the aluminum edge around the outside and all that sort of stuff. That's what a lot of like the tech podcasts and like the tech reviewers I listen to, mm-hmm. they claim that's like the best iPhone. Do you have a favorite iPhone? My favorite one is probably not the one that I even have is what Erica has. She has iPhone 10. Mm-hmm. I think that one's like the most dramatic, which is what I like because Apple, right. they used to be a lot more dramatic. I feel like recently they've been playing it a little bit more safe. So I'm, I'm glad that they're back and trying to like make something different again. But I, I think that the reason why people like that iPhone 5 is because it was kind of dramatic. I remember it being so like everyone was like, oh, that's weird. Like how tall the screen is now because everyone was used to the short screen. Right. And like at the time, Android phones were trying to get bigger and wider but iPhone was like, mm-hmm. no, we're sticking with our aspect ratio, but we're just going to make it a slightly bit bigger. So you get like one extra row of icons on your yeah, phone. Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs wanted it to be um, like a one handed phone. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that was still, he's like, you can still reach the top with this. Um, mm-hmm. That was before they obviously switched to this and the six and then the all the, like and then big. every, yeah. the six is when they made the big change to the new to the new version of the iPhone that we know today, like the surfboard quote unquote design and then the mm. two different screen sizes. And then they've had the same ever since. So you currently have what do you have an, uh, an iPhone eight? Yeah. I have an eight plus eight plus. Okay. So what I want to talk to you about is you over the last couple of months, I've been watching you on, yeah, mostly on like Insta stories, I guess you've mm-hmm. had this journey. I'm going to call it this journey that you've been on where you got your sure iPhone did. eight when the iPhone eight came out, you got the iPhone uh-huh. eight and then you've tried to go, you've tried to leave the iPhone. You've tried to go into the Android land and you've tried a couple of different phones. So just kind of walk me through how this whole thing started, what the process ended up looking like and just kind of what was this journey that you've been on? Yeah, I definitely tried, but, um, but I'll say when I got spoiler to alert, you're when back, I got to the, right? You're back on the iPhone. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. I have an, I have an iPhone eight again. Um, so I actually never got rid of that and I'll actually explain how I was able to try these phones for free. Um, I didn't pay any money to try them out. But yeah. The first phone that I, I tried out, I ordered a galaxy note eight. I figured, you know, if I'm going to try another another device out that's not an iPhone, I might as well try a flagship. And first off, I want to say I loved that phone. Like phone wise, hardware wise, I think it's like leaps and bounds better than my eight plus. Like it has no thick, ugly bezels like the eight plus does. Um, I think at this point in 2018, the eight plus looks very, very dated. It looks like a 2014 or even a 2015 phone. I mean, it, it is essentially. Yeah. With a glass. Yeah, they back. just updated yeah. the internals a little bit yeah. and the camera. Yeah. I really liked the eight 
the Note 8, and I really, like, I, Erica made fun of me. She said I look like an old person using it, but I really liked the S Pen. Mm-hmm. I think that it had a lot of good functionality, especially because, um, you know, what we do is so, like, intensive on the phone. Weirdly enough, they didn't have a HoneyBook app, but Chrome actually ran it better than the iOS app ran. So, like, I had everything I needed on it, and it worked really good. And using Swipe with the S Pen was, like, just like none other. Like, it was so fast. It was so good. And Swipe is just, like, it's a keyboard yeah, about, yeah. So I, I mean, it's kind of like built into the um, Android software, I think. And basically you just like you click on a key and you like drag it over the keys you want to spell out a word. And it kind of uses like prediction software and stuff to, to guess what type of word you're doing. Yeah. So instead, like of, instead of like, in yeah, so instead of like having to type each letter individually, you kind of just move your mm-hmm. finger in the general area of the letters mm-hmm. that you want. And it mm-hmm. figures out through some crazy computer software what yep. you're trying to say it's supposed to be faster and easier than like actually pressing individual letters and it really was and another thing i'll say that i really liked about the note 8 is it was skinny if you're having a phone that's that big having it skinny makes it fit in the palm of your hand a lot easier um the 8 is like really fat which is why as soon as i get my upgrade i'm going to get the iphone 10 um because i'm tired of how fat it is like you have to have like gorilla hands well, the, yeah so the to, body like, ratio so size the actual size of the entire phone to the actual amount of screen real estate that you're getting right you're getting yes as much screen if not more in the note but in Mm -hmm. a smaller physical like footprint right yeah it's skinnier and you're able to like hold it in your hand like the form factor is much better so okay so what led you to even start down this journey okay so the iphone you had an what did you have before that an iphone 7 an iphone 7 not okay so an iphone 7 and then apple comes out with their keynote and they announced the iphone 8 the iphone 8 plus and the iphone 10 so what Mm. so then what led you to buy the 8 Plus. So I have the iPhone upgrade program, which do you know about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you can so talk about it's it, like yeah. every twelve every twelve months you get to upgrade to a new iPhone. Basically what it is, it's like a if you finance the phone for twenty four months interest free through like citizen loan or something. You make twelve payments on it and then you can just hand in your phone, they start a new loan, and then you get another iPhone. So that's essentially how it works. But um, you get Apple Care Plus with it, which means you can break your screen twice in a year and they'll cover it. And you're doing this through the Apple store. Right. Yeah, because I do. Apple I have a store. similar thing, but I do mine through Verizon, so it's not exactly the same. Like the Apple Care thing is nice, you know that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I and I personally just like going to the Apple Store better, especially because in Richmond we have one. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it a lot easier just to go in. So you got the iPhone eight mostly because you had the upgrade program, right? Yeah, I had the upper upgrade program, and I knew that the ten was going to be like back ordered for like months because that was the one that was actually like desirable and I actually ended up not being back ordered that long but I just didn't want to wait I was impatient and I was like oh well I I want a bigger screen I was wanting a bigger screen than the 7 had because that's what I had and um I just went for the 8 plus and I kind of regret it because now I wish I had the 10. Right. Okay so you got the 8 plus and then how long did you have that before you said you know what I want to try something different I want to try the Note 8 instead. I think it was like I think I got it in October and I tried to get the Note and like end of December. So it's pretty so quick. Yeah. So it's pretty quick. You didn't even have it for yeah, a yeah. Couple, like a month or two. So what, what no. led you to that decision? Like what about you're just sick of the iPhone? You're sick of the same body design. You wanted to try something different. Yeah. I was just bored. I was bored because I've had it since, like I said, I've been in the iPhone ecosystem since the iPhone four is really what I say. Cause I don't count three because I switched to the Nexus, mm-hmm. but, um, I've been in the iPhone ecosystem for so long. I was just bored of it iOS hasn't really made any like drastic improvements since then. Um, I was a little weary about leaving iMessage, which I think you commented on my Facebook status yeah. along with Josh Hall. And you guys were like, ah, don't do it. And I was like, ah, like don't do it. I'm it's not worth it. it. And honestly, like it's not as big of a deal for you. Like, like for me, 
um, the person that is on Android because you don't see the green messages popping up. Mm-hmm. But the person on iPhone definitely um, doesn't like you anymore because you're the green message that messes up the group chats and everything else. And so for me, the reason I loved iMessage. So, okay, so a little bit context for me. So I tried something similar as well because a couple years ago, I had the same thoughts as you. I was like, I'm kind of bored of the iPhone. It's the same thing year after year after year. iOS is just kind of like whatever at this point. Like I know what to get. Uh-huh. Um, I, know what, I know what to expect. So one year when my contact ran out, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just try an Android phone. You know, I'm going to try it. I'm just going to it's going to be like a big social experiment because like I'm the biggest Apple fanboy and everyone will think that this is really For interesting. Sure. So I got, it was a galaxy S four, I want to say. So this mm-hmm. was like a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's um, a while ago. Yeah. So I got, so I picked up the galaxy S four cause it was like, it's like a $35 restocking fee. So if I don't like it, I have, you know, two weeks to return it and I can mm-hmm. just get my iPhone and go on my merry way. And it'll, it'll be like, it never happened. So I did the exact same thing. So I got the, the whatever galaxy S four and I set the whole thing up. And at the time, this is when Apple only had, you know, the really small phones. Um, this was like a bigger screen and it was, uh, OLED and all this stuff. And I was like, this is going to be great. Yeah. And I tried it out and I had a very similar experience to you. I'm like, I really love this phone. I really love the hardware. I wish Apple would do a lot of these things, but it was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. Like I missed all of my, a lot of my iOS stuff. The apps weren't really there and I missed like iMessage. So for me, because I have a Mac, you know, an iMac and I have a MacBook and I have an iPad being able to have my same text messages that show up on all of those through iMessage. That to me was the biggest thing that I missed. So I I only lasted like three days. So you lasted longer than I ever did. I only could make it like three days with this S4. And I was like, that's it. I can't take it anymore. Like I have to. So I ended up returning it, getting whatever the iPhone five or I don't even probably the iPhone five, I think at the time. And Mm -hmm. And thinking, like, hey, I'm never, I'm never going to go back. Fast forward a couple of years, and I found out about this program that Samsung was running, where if if you were an iPhone user and you could basically prove that you owned an iPhone, they would send you any Samsung phone that you wanted for free to try mm. for like a month. So I was like, okay, I was like, why not? Again, same thing, social experiment. People will find this interesting. Why not? So they sent me a Note Six, Note. 4. Five, I think it was a Note Five, because it was a not the one that blew up. No, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> the one that blew up because it was the six that blew up, right? Or the seven? I think it was the, the seven. seven. I think it was the one before. So the yeah, eight. I think this was the five. Yeah, so this was the five. But the same thing. It had the it had the S Pen. It had all this stuff, and the same kind of deal. I tried it out. It had a lot of the same apps. Everything was great. It was a big phone. Again, at the time, that's what I wanted. I wanted this big phone. I really enjoyed it, but I was like, it's there's not enough here to get me to switch over, right? There's just not enough. Because everyone always talks about, oh, mm-hmm. with Android, you can customize everything that you want and blah, 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 all this stuff. And I kind of quickly realized that I don't really actually want to customize stuff. I just want it to work. Exactly. I want it to be familiar. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot more I can do with this than I can do on, on Apple. Did you have that same sort of experience when you were trying out or using Android for... How, how long did you have that, um, the Note 8? I had the Note for like a week or so. Uh-huh. Um, I think the Note's a little bit different than the Pixel 2 XL, which is the other phone that I just recently had. The Pixel 2 XL I sent back for like those reasons you just said right there. Like it just wasn't enough to, to key me over. Um, and I thought it was going to be, but the Note I actually liked so much. I even like the Samsung skin that people like don't really like. Mm-hmm. I even like that. I like everything about it. And I, I, I was sad sending it back because it was like so much better. And I just, it was my type of phone. I even still sometimes debate ordering it again, oh <laughs> even though I know Josh. it's a bad idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the phone I actually would have kept, and this is kind of a unique and like 
people might think this is a really stupid reason, but I do a lot of Instagram stories. And I um, used to use Snapchat, but I don't really use Snapchat as much after the new update, which I don't like. R.I.P. Um, Snapchat. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. It's it's dead. Kylie Jenner said it was dead. Kylie so. Jenner. Rip. But yeah, I really liked it. But okay, there's a weird thing that happens with Android phones. Um, and I had to figure it out. And once I figured that out, I was like, I can't keep this phone. The picture quality, obviously amazing. It's a flagship phone. Like the picture looks good. It has a really good image sensor and stuff. Um, same thing with the new um, S9 that came out. Um, apparently, these app developers don't want to actually develop a new app from the ground up when they... Um, developed for Android. So what they do is they port over like the iOS app and instead of using the actual internals that are on your um, Android phone to like use the actual image sensor, what they do is they just record your screen. They record the viewfinder and the viewfinder is like very laggy. It doesn't look that great, um, which is why like if you see someone posting from Android phone, it looks like it's shot on like a potato. Like it doesn't look good right. at all. It looks terrible. And I was like posting these and people were like messaging me like, why does your video look so bad? Like I was posting Instagram stories and it looked awful. And I was like, this is weird. Like I was taking, I did some test videos on front and back on the actual like camera app and it looked amazing. And I was like, I don't understand this. Looked into it and that's what happens with Instagram, which is probably going to be updated because Facebook owns it and they have the capital, but Snapchat probably won't ever fix it. Not the way things are going for them anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a big deal. I mean, especially for people like us who run a big chunk of our business on social media and social media is so crucial to the way that we run our businesses, not Mm -hmm. having that image quality. And again, with Snapchat, with Instagram stories and stuff like image quality, isn't necessarily like the number one most important thing about good quality, like Instagram story content. But I can see how someone who is visually motivated and who, is into those types of things would be really frustrated by that. So you're saying that that was like the main reason why you ended up returning. Yeah, it was the, mostly just note. because like Instagram and Instagram stories just like would not look good. Yeah. And also there's a weird thing on my Instagram. Like this wasn't as big of a deal because when I was posting it, like other people that were looking at my Instagram feed wouldn't see this, but there's just some weird um, opti- optimization problems with the Instagram app. Like all the um, little squares on my Instagram page were blurry. Like they're all out of focus. Mm. And I looked at it on another phone and they were sharp. And I was like, just not understanding exactly why it was doing that. So I would say that just like app optimization didn't seem to quite be there. Like obviously all the apps that came on the phone were great, but like third party apps like just didn't have the same optimization as iPhone did. Right. Which makes, again, which makes a really, really big difference. So you had that, so you had that phone for about a week. And then you send it back. Mm-hmm. So, okay, tell us really fast. How was it that you were doing this? Were you paying for these things? Were you... Yeah, so I have really good credit. So, if you have really good credit, you can kind of loophole a lot of things. Basically, what I did is I signed up for like the Galaxy Forever thing, which is like it's finance 0%. It's basically Apple upgrade program, but Samsung gotcha. version because okay. they're trying to compete. Um, they sent me the phone. I didn't even make the first payment on it and I sent it back and they just credited that uh, financing account. I still have it, but there's just zero balance on it and there's no restocking fee. So I got to try it out, sent it back. It's got so free. what would you have done if you wanted to keep it? What would you have done with your iPhone? Just can you, how does you, you sell it or do you have to buy it from them first and then sell it? Basically, I'd find a buyer, they'd pay me, I'd pay it off from the, um, from the difference I'd pay or off the citizen loan and then I just give it to them because it's not like it's at a, um, like when it's with Apple, it's literally just like a loan, like it's technically your phone. It's not like it's locked into like a, a contract with AT&T or Verizon or something mm-hmm. like that. And you're just putting, were you just swapping your SIM card back and forth between, between yep. the two? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you return the, the Note 8 and then <laughs> the Pixel 2 XL was the next victim on your list. So what led you to try that one thinking that it would be a different experience? When, when was it that you did that? So you returned the Note 8 in... 
was it December? It was like January. January. Okay, so then when did yeah, you get, like when did you pick of, up the XL? Yeah. So I had it. I had the eight for a couple more months, and then I, you know, Google's advertising started killing me. It was like very Apple esque, and they were like really pushing it as like the the iPhone of Android. And I was like, hmm, maybe this will work. And I read some articles that said that um, Google actually paid for the developers to like enable some sort of image processing chip so when it's on snapchat and instagram it looks better and they did but only for pictures so it mm. still didn't solve my video thing so yeah it, it really got me with the marketing and i ended up ordering it and so how'd you get that one you just pay oh, for it straight up or nope same, they thing. have the same kind of program google has the same thing wow. yeah they have the same kind of program it's like through synchrony bank or something and they just um they send it out i didn't even make the first payment and they sent it back so essentially got to do it for free i mean obviously if you don't have good credit, then the credit hit, hits and dings will negatively affect. So I don't recommend doing that. Yeah, this, that is not credit, a Ties TechLine sanctioned uh, method of going about this. But yeah, yeah, you've, yeah. You've, uh, you've heard here it is it is an option. It is a yeah, way. It is a way. Yeah, it's a uh, way. So, okay. So talk to me about that phone. What was your experience like with that phone? Was it good? Was it bad? What did you like? What did you not like? Yeah. So I really, it was really intriguing to me because at that time I was super into the Google Home and like the Google ecosystem. And Do you have a Google Home? Yeah, I have a home, a home mini, and then I have a, um, a Harman Kardon speaker that I have a Chrome or audio cast thing plugged into. So it's essentially like another speaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Google. So you're in the Google, you um, don't have Alexa. You're a Google home person. I have an Alexa. Oh, crap. She's going to start on stop. I'm not going to say her name. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, desk, everyone out there but, listening. I would, um, we need a, there needs to be like a <laughs> podcast etiquette for how to word. discuss yeah. Alexa. Without actually saying her name, but okay, so you do you do have one of those? Yeah, I have one. I got them before I got the Google Home, but um, it's good. I just like the Google Assistant. Like I'm really really huge in the Google Assistant, right. which we could probably talk about that for another hour. But and another reason, um, I, I just going back to why I got it. I missed. I didn't mention this about the Note Eight, but I missed. Um, and this doesn't really matter if you don't have a car that has this, but my car has. Um, Android Auto or Apple CarPlay, and that basically like projects your apps and stuff up on the screen. Right. And obviously, Apple, we have Siri, which I personally think is like complete garbage and trash. Like oh, she doesn't Siri. know anything; yes. and is always asking me. Um, but Google knows everything, and actually had a voice activated thing, so you could say, "Hey Google, when you're in your car, give me directions to blah blah blah," and it would instantly do it like with so Google fast. Maps. And you're using, yeah, with Google right, Maps, nice. not Apple's Maps, which are terrible uh, usually through CarPlay. At least they're really bad. So that's something that I missed. So that's why I, I got the Pixel again. But yeah, the, I really liked the squeeze function on the Pixel 2 XL because that when you squeeze the phone, which doesn't sound like you'd use it, but it instantly brings up the Google Assistant. And I found that so handy. I think it's so funny because I feel like nobody ever talks about that feature. Basically, it was just like if you squeeze the sides of the phone, it was were you able to customize that action? Yeah, you could. You could yeah, because if it was too sensitive, like when you take it out of your phone, it would just bring her up on accident. So you could customize the sensitivity to it. But I really liked it. Like if you have it in your hand, you don't have to switch it, like switch your grip to the home uh, thing to do mm -hmm. it. It's actually really handy. And a lot of people don't really talk about it. And some people that do talk about it, hate it and they end up turning it off. But me personally, like that was like a selling feature for me. Like, I really liked that. Um, and I also liked it with stock Android. Like it was built into my Google Maps and like everything else that I had throughout my house. So if I asked my Google Home to give me directions, it would bring it up on my Pixel. It was just integrated. And I was like, trying to get this ecosystem thing going on. Right. The Google ecosystem. Yeah, Google ecosystem. And one of the biggest things that all these tech reviewers are saying that I 
was like, I, I got to see this for myself. That's uh, kind of a personality flaw. Like I'm like, and someone will tell me something, I'll be like, yeah, well, I'm going to see it myself. They were talking about the LCD. Like the LCD has some some problems with it. It has some blue shift problems, which actually weren't the biggest issue to me. The problem was it was really dull, mm-hmm. like really dull. Yeah, that was a huge problem people were having with with the Google Pixel, yeah. Yeah, and Google actually addressed this because they're pretty good at listening to their consumers and they added like a saturation mode. Okay, here's the problem with the saturation mode. It makes all the apps look gorgeous, like saturated, like Samsung colors like you like. But when you go into Instagram, and you're trying to edit a photo, it's completely off because it's saturating the heck out of these photos. And then you'll think something's like a really subtle edit and then you'll see it on somebody else's phone and it looks like they have like crazy like neon orange skin because you didn't know what you were doing. So it's not color accurate at right. all when you turn on that saturation mode. That's one of those things that I've listened to podcasts like on length where these really, really smart like techie scientific people talk about like yeah, exactly yeah. like what's happening so we're not going to get into that because i don't necessarily know no, all the, the nuances that, yeah. but a lot of it has to do with just like color profiles and the way that things are represented mm-hmm. and that's something i think people don't really understand a lot when it comes to showing your images and things online because no matter what every screen is going to sh- is going to show images differently and every web browser interprets interprets images differently. There's a lot more like interpretation, software interpretation that's going on on like when you're looking at things on a screen. So, which is part of the reason mm-hmm. why I think editing on like Apple screens and iPhone screens are there when you're, especially if you're trying to reach the most amount of people, if you want to look accurate to the most number of people, that's why I think that Macs and for sure iPhones are the most, because the majority of people out there just statistically are going to be using one of those two things. So as long as it looks good on that, you're probably going to look good across the board. Um, but I can see that being a huge, huge problem with the, with the pixel too. Um, so, so if that wasn't an issue, right, if that screen thing, if the screen was just completely normal, if it was just like a normal iPhone screen, was that like your main gripe with it? Was that your only real issue that you had with that Pixel 2? Yeah, essentially. Um, Going back to the app optimization thing, things weren't quite looking as good as they do on my iPhone. And I think a large part of it's the font, which sounds really weird, but I know that like Steve Steve Jobs, he like studied fonts and stuff with with Apple. And that's part of the reason why things look so nice on Apple devices is the fonts. Um, It's not really something that people think about, but the Android fonts just look cheaper to Mm -hmm. me. If that makes oh, yeah. sense, they look a little bit um, less high quality. Um, so that there, that was going for it. Just the overall experience, there was enough little things that I was like, eh, it's just not as good as iPhone. But like on paper and in theory, I was like, oh, this is a much better phone than iPhone. I like it in my head better. But like an actual day to day use, it, it wasn't for me. And I think that's the thing that's really interesting in this whole like because I feel like a lot of people have this sentiment, and we've even kind of I feel like both thought this at times that Apple, mm-hmm. oh, they're losing their touch, like they're falling yeah. off. Like they used to be the king of the mountain and they're sort of like they're they're about to get overtaken, about to get overcome. But then when you go use one of these other phones, although you like on paper it has a lot of like flashy things and a lot of like of the specs mm-hmm. and a lot of the things that you might think that you want, in reality when you're actually using these devices, it always kind of comes back to like man iphone just does it right like everything they do is very very intentional and very precise and they don't go out because that's always been samsung's thing is they just like add like random crazy features to their phones and kind of like see what sticks and just sort of hope that something kind of comes back being good whereas apple will wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until the point where people are like begging for this feature like something like wireless Mm -hmm. charging and then they'll be like all right we're gonna do it we're gonna do it perfectly we're gonna have it in here so that it's like completely seamless with no issues whatsoever and obviously there have been things that they've done that haven't been perfect but another big thing I think people talk a lot about is the Apple ecosystem, right? Being locked into this like walled garden, mm-hmm. the like quote unquote beautiful walled garden of Apple that if you try and leave, you kind of always 
end up being dragged back in. I know for me, that is the number one reason why I have no desire to leave anymore. Like, yes, sometimes the phones are boring and I love my iPhone 10 because it did kind of break the mold. But if the iPhone 10 mm-hmm. didn't exist, I probably would have just gotten an eight and I would have been happy with it because of all those reasons you mentioned, especially now is I'm so deep into this ecosystem with AirPods in my Apple watch and mm-hmm. my iPad and my iMac and my MacBook and my Apple TV, like all these different things. And they all work together sort of seamlessly. I feel like the software side of that could definitely be a lot better. But what's also interesting is that all the Google stuff also works on all of my stuff. Maybe not in the same exact seamless function that you'd get from something like a pixel, but I can open up Google Docs, no problem on my mm-hmm. iPhone. I have Google Drive. I have all of the different Googly things, you know, Google Maps, all those different things still work and exist on my Apple stuff to a point where it's good enough, right? It may not be as seamless, but it's good enough. And I mean, you just mentioned that you're in the Google ecosystem. Do you, but you, do you still feel like you're able to use all your Google ecosystem like things? and be on iOS at the same time. Uh-huh. I'm, and that's, I'm glad you said that because that was the biggest reason why I decided to send the Pixel back. On my phone, basically what I did is I deleted or moved all the iOS apps that I didn't like, put them in an iOS folder, and then just downloaded all the Google apps, Google Calendar, Google Drive, all the Google Reminders, all these different things. The Google Assistant, I put it on my on my dock on my iPhone because I like it way better than Siri. I basically Androided out my iPhone. Mm-hmm. I still have iMessage. AirDrop, all the things, and I still have all the Google things that I like. So while it might not be as flashy of hardware, it might not be as exciting. It works. It has that Apple feature of the UX being so so good um, and just working. I don't ever have to think about it. It never messes up on me. And then I have all the other things I like about Google, which are a little bit more innovative, I think, right now. Yeah, and I think that is ultimately for me... I think that my phone has become more of just like a staple, like a utility and I just Mm -hmm. need it to do stuff. Like I don't necessarily want it to be like an experience. I don't need an experience every time I go use it. I think of something like my drone, right? When I go fly my drone, that is like a completely different experience and I kind of expect to have this like magical experience. Yeah. yeah, This like magical experience where I get excited and like these like butterflies in my stomach and like those types of things. Like, cause Mm -hmm. that's a completely different experience with my phone. I think that for a long time when the iPhone had just come out and like it, it was innovating year after year after year we had this sort of experience with our phones where every time we were using it we were just like blown away by it and just so amazed at what we could do and like all the new Mm -hmm. functionality and all the new features but i think we've gotten to a point with smartphones in general where it's not necessarily like that anymore right like i just want my phone to do what i want to do like i want to be able to go on instagram and facebook and twitter and check my email and connect with people through iMessage and do all these different things Mm -hmm. and yeah like and play games and like do whatever and like just do what I want to do like I don't need this like crazy out-of-body experience every time I pick it up I just want it to work I want to know how it's going to be and that's totally fine with me yeah no I totally agree I I think that um you know Moore's law like things advancing every six months or so whatever the actual definition of that is um definitely comes into into effect here because you know it comes to a point and I'm sure we said the same thing back when the the keyboard phones were here we're like we can't imagine how this could get any better. And I feel like we actually are to a point where we've had smartphones for what, like uh, not 10 years, almost 10 years. We've had them for so long that, like you said, we've gotten kind of used to some of the features. And until we get that like quantum leap again to whatever's next after this, I feel like that um, magical experience, that like Disney feeling, it's not really going to be there. Yeah. And, it, and I don't think it necessarily needs to be. And I mean, you think about laptops, right? I mean, I don't know. When I think of an I'm, I think of my MacBook Pro, 
I just want it to work. Like I want it to be powerful enough and not slow down. Mm-hmm. I want it to, like, I know what to expect. Like I know what I'm getting and I just want to be able to get stuff done. I don't really want to even think about what I'm interfacing with. I just want it to work. And I feel like our phones are kind of getting to that point that they were not necessarily before. And it has nothing to, I mean, I don't know for me, it has nothing to do really with speed or any of these other things. Like obviously, yeah, they keep improving the processors and that's great. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to complain about a faster processor, but as long as my phone is like, again, responding to what I want it to do, giving me the things that I need, I think that that's pretty much where I want to be at with it. So yeah, I mean, do you have, do you have any like final thoughts or any other last, I don't know, statements about your whole Android iOS experience? Um, I would just say for any of you guys that are listening, if you have been in the the walled garden, whatever Tyler called it, the beautiful been in walled for, garden of Apple, yes, yeah, yeah, designed <laughs> by Johnny Ive in, that, in Cap- Cupertino. Yeah, if you've been in that for as long as we have, if you have a personality like mine where you just have to figure it out yourself. Do it to the least expensive way because you're probably going to end up sending it back. And if you haven't, like if you just kind of don't care about the iOS thing and you haven't had an iPhone for a, a long time, then maybe those other ones might be um, worth looking at but i can tell you with personal experience if you've been in the ios ecosystem you have Macs and and everything like that it's not really even worth trying because you're just going to end up back yeah and i'm not a hater of android phones like i'm really not like i think that like all like the samsung phones are gorgeous i think that they're even like innovating beyond apple at some points the google pixel is gorgeous like the camera on that thing is absolutely amazing and there's lots of like great things about that and i don't even have a problem really with android like the operating system android some of the things are a little bit different but i could get used to it like there's really nothing wrong with it and i honestly think that Mm -hmm. android does notifications way way better than ios Mm -hmm. ios needs to figure out the notifications because that is literally a hot mess in there but what i always say is that all of the like pros of android have never ever ever for me outweighed the pros of ios and there'd be have to be something so drastic and so amazing and so game-changing over on the Android side for me to leave all of my comforts and securities and just my AirPods alone right now having like AirPods that's just like one more like it's it's just a long list of things but the AirPods alone I'm like I can never ever ever leave my iPhone now because I cannot live without mm-hmm. my AirPods right things like that and that's what Apple has been so good at over the years is slowly 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 adding these things they're going to keep you hooked in so if you don't if you don't care about any of that stuff you don't have an iPad you don't have anything else all you have is an iPhone you probably could go back and forth for Really, if that's something you're into, but I don't know. I just wouldn't say don't expect there to be like this big magical, like mystical experience in the Android world that you're not getting in iOS. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So one thing I do want to talk to you about, Josh. Beyond that, so we're gonna move. We're gonna move past all the Apple stuff now. Is one magical thing that you have had in your life in the last, uh, I guess, year? It came out probably over a year ago now. Is going to be the Nintendo Switch. I just want to talk about it for like two seconds, mm-hmm. partially because I can see your Joy Cons in the background behind you there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is one of those things where it almost is like that euphoric experience that you people have been loving. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that. What is your experience with the Nintendo Switch and? What do you think about that as sort of just like a platform? You threw me for a curveball. I did not see gaming coming up in this Dude, I want to talk about I can literally but, um, talk about it. It's a Ty's tech line. We can talk about whatever we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really like it. The reason why I got it is um, I'm a bit of a child at heart. When it comes to video games, I don't really like like really dark and gritty games like Call of Duty. Uh, I went through a phase back when I was like an angsty middle schooler that I like that stuff. <laughs> but like really like when I play video games, I want like a total escape because 
being an entrepreneur, you're always go, go, go. Like you're pretty much never not working, whether you're on social media, whatever it is. So I like like really like childish games, like colorful, like almost cartoony looking. Just fun, so yeah. i.e. yeah, Mario, Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers, like all that stuff. Like out of all the companies, maybe other than like early old school PlayStation, like Nintendo really has like the best original games on it. And the Switch I honestly didn't get for the the mobility aspect of it because I don't really game on the go, but I just really liked how it was like an HD version of the Wii without the gimmicky controllers. Yeah, and I've so I've been watching this sort of like the Switch thing and I really want to get one. Ash doesn't think that I can handle it. She's like, if you get one, that's all you'll do and you'll just be obsessed with it and you won't get any work done. <laughs> that's the that's the classic thing that every wife will yeah say. like no it's gonna be it'll be fine because i'm yeah. not really i don't know i was never like a gamer a quote-unquote gamer i've played mm-hmm. video games like in college i played a lot of call of duty i played a lot of halo played a lot of rock band like those types of like a okay, question question is what's the last call of duty you played before you stopped uh, playing? modern warfare 3 probably okay so i i dipped out after modern warfare 2 yeah that was like the last those were my two favorites two and three and then after that it was just started becoming like repetitive and they started adding all these weird things i didn't like but i never like i, I would never sit down i'm not a kind of person who's gonna sit down and just play like the campaign mode of call of duty for like hours and hours and hours and hours oh no no, no, no. i never i would that. only ever play online i would maybe play the campaign mode if i was like super bored for whatever reason but like i really yeah. just like playing online and playing you know like the quick style matches and stuff like that which is why I think the switch to me sounds super interesting because from what I've heard from people is that it's nice because you can just turn it on, play for a few minutes, play for, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, however kind of short or however long you want, have this really great experience, turn it off and go to bed, right? It can be like this sort of wind down thing. You don't have to dedicate Mm -hmm. a ton of time to it. I don't know. I just think it's like an interesting, I don't know if cultural phenomenon is the right word, but in this world of like high tech and like processors and 4k and like all this stuff, I think that it's so interesting that Nintendo is able to come out with this very sort of like simple portable gaming system Mm -hmm. that only maxes out at, you know, 720p, doesn't even do 1080p, but it's so intriguing like a bunch of the games won like game of the year and like won all these awards and all sorts of stuff did you play breath of the wild which was zelda breath of the wild was like their big like game that was on there did you play that yeah so i bought that and um that's an example of a game that i'm not good at i'm too adhd going back to the whole like not being able to sit around for hours i played the game where i think a total of like four hours, like not all at one sitting, mm-hmm. but like all together. And I was still in my underwear. He's like, st- you start off in your underwear in that game. <laughs> I've never like, played you it. Don't have any, you don't have any clothes on. So like if you go into the snow and stuff, you instantly start dying because you don't have any clothes on. It's like super realistic like that. That's funny. Um, and then all of your weapons break if you use them too much. Like it was too complicated for me. Like I like mindless games. Mm-hmm. So I, I just ended up selling that and getting... um super mario odyssey which, which i've like also heard great things game. about yeah so that was yeah, more down really here good. more in your pipeline yeah i like like button mashing don't have to think too hard like 3d platformers those are like if i play any game that's pretty much what i gotcha. play so that so that was your big one and then is and mario, mario, mario kart's out now right and super mm-hmm. smash brothers mm-hmm. is coming or is it already out yes yeah, super smash brothers is coming i'm not sure when but i'm definitely getting that and, and another thing that i like about nintendo is like eric and i really like having people over and you know an xbox is kind of like a game system or a playstation 4 like that's what you play when you're alone in the dark room eating cheetos and right (laughs) sipping on mountain dew by yourself Uh, nintendo is like you have a bunch of people over you split the joy cons like you i have two controllers and four people can play on them because you can split them in half right right, right. which is amazing um and it's like much more of like a a communal experience like you can have a lot of other people playing with you and i think that's more fun 
video game mm-hmm. wise. Like I, I like people too much to be isolated by myself. Right. And that was why the Wii was so popular, right? Because you didn't even need to know how to play video games. You can kind of just pick this thing up and play. Exactly. And some, I know, mm-hmm. obviously some of the Wii games are like normal, you know, joystick and controller, all those types of things. But if I handed my mom like an Xbox controller and said like, hey, let's just play this game together. Like she'd have no okay, idea, have right? No She's idea. like, how yeah. do you control? Mm-hmm. How do you do? Like no idea. But if you hand her the Wii remote mm-hmm. or the Joy-Con or whatever, and you're just like, yeah, I have to do is turn it or spin it or, you know, just hit A or like B, three buttons, right? Those yeah. three buttons. That's pretty fun for anybody who can play. So that's that's a good point. I'll have to use that as a good selling point for Ash, the communal aspect of it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you have friends over, have a wine night, right. play some play, play some, some video, video games. games. Yeah, that's it's the adult version of real of video games, even though it's like very kidsy and childish. It's like you can use it as like a, a adult excuse to have some downtime. Right. Then you could also hand it to a five year old or a six year old, and they could go to town and they would love it. Right. I mean, you'll never get it back. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll never, never get, get it back. It back. Yeah. So. That's interesting. So I just that was that was really a side tangent. I just really want to talk about it because I saw your Joy Cons back there, and yeah, I, every yeah. time I go to like Target with Ash or whatever, she always goes and finds you know whatever candles or whatever she's looking at, and I always Directly go straight section. back to the video game section so I can just like look at yep. it and touch it. But every time I go, it's broken. Like something's wrong with like the demo unit that they have out there. So I've never been able to like mm-hmm. actually play it, and it's making Sell me yourself. making me so mad. So okay, so that was one thing I want to hit on, and another thing that I know we both have mutual interest in is drones. Okay. Oh yeah. I want to talk really fast about drones. What drone do you currently have? I have the Mavic Pro. Mavic Pro. Okay. And you had a Phantom Four. Yeah, just the four. Like when that. it first came out, I got the first one that came right. out, which was a mistake. So I had, yeah, I had the Phantom Three Plus before this, and I've done a whole podcast episode on here already about like the Mavic Air when I first got it. Yeah, super jealous. So you got the Mavic Pro. What have your thoughts been on that? Have you been loving it? Have you? What are your? I really like what's it. Your experience um, been? Yeah, I really like it. The thing that's a little bit different for me is the image. I do find a little bit softer. Um, that's because I find that the autofocus thing doesn't work as well. Um, on the Phantom oh, yeah. Four, it was kind of like a little bit like GoPro footage um, in the respects that uh, you didn't have to tap the focus or anything. Everything was right. always I in forgot focus. about that about the Mavic. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and so like when you're flying, you have to like be looking what you're flying so you don't crash it and like all those other things and then you also have to be like tapping the focus constantly but in terms of like mobility it, it takes up no space and i'm sure your, your mavic air takes up even less space mm-hmm. um versus the drone like it came because erica obviously works weddings with me and she was ending up having to carry um that because i was like quote unquote the lightest out of all the other equipment that i was carrying um and it was in this huge backpack and i ended up barely ever using it on a wedding day because the likelihood that i'll have it on me is not very high because i'm not going to lug around that huge backpack and the off chance that i find a good chance to use it but with the mavic it's small enough that i can throw it in any camera bag that we're carrying with us and if i decide i want to get a cool quick shot it takes like five seconds to put it up in there because it has the fold out arms probably already on it take it up in there put it back down and you got the shot yeah, and that's my that's my thought exactly. And I had that same exact experience with my Phantom Three, where I was like, yeah, we had this whole backpack for it, and it would be always be in the car. But then, mm-hmm. we, yeah, I'm not gonna lug that whole extra backpack over into the field or whatever on the off chance I might fly it. But then when I did want to fly it, I'm like, oh no, it's all the way back in the car. And then that whole thing. And then the air is being even smaller than the Mavic Pro is just like yep. it's stupid. Like it just fits literally. It just fits in my camera bag. I just 
moved one lens to a different slot and it just like slid right into yep. the same slot that a lens was in. And we just got back from Hawaii and gosh, I mean, it literally, amazing. I would just like throw that in the controller and like two extra batteries in my backpack and it would barely even fill up like the extra little like pouches at the top of one of like the big zipper compartments of my backpack. Mm-hmm. It was just so, mm-hmm. so small and convenient. Um, but for, for weddings, I know we both are C100 users, yep. which again, there are very mm-hmm. few of us left out there. Um, so we're not, we're not shooting in 4k. We're not delivering in 4k at least. Um, no, so when but- it comes to like image quality, what are you looking for in terms of like good enough image quality? Because I know that there are obviously like there's other cameras out there that shoot in 4k and like do all these other things that may have like quote unquote, like better image quality than the C100. And there's drones out there obviously that have better quote unquote image quality than the Mavic pro or the Mavic air. But I think that, I don't know, I think there's a point of like, this is good enough, this is what I'm looking for. So what are the things that you're kind of looking for when you're looking for image quality? Yeah, so I used a DSLR for most of my life. I used obviously camcorders and stuff, and then I moved to DSLR as a T4i. I used that up until like two years ago. So I did two years in my wedding business with a a DSLR and then Erica's 5D um, Mark III. And the first cinema camera that I got was the C100 Mark II, and that changed everything for me. Having the built-in NDs, the Zebras, the Peking, all these professional things that are in like $15,000 cameras are packed into this. At the time, it was a $4,500 camera. Now you can pick them up for like two grand and yeah. you get them used. And the dual pixel autofocus, like I, kind of like an Apple product almost, like it works. It just works always, and it has all these extra pro features that are built in. I hate using my ADD on the gimbal because there's sometimes where I have to crank that shutter all the way up because I have no other option because I don't like shooting at a high F-stop. I like shooting at at least like a, a 2.8. It's the highest I ever like to really go because I feel like it just looks better. What The aesthetic that I'm going for is within that realm. So having the built-in NDs, you can just flip them on real quick and then you can get all the settings dialed in exactly how they're supposed to be, which ends up looking the best in terms of dynamic range and everything. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's why I love this 100 as well. And I think that there's like this fine line between functionality and image quality and you've got to kind of like meet somewhere in the middle especially for something Mm -hmm. like weddings where i guess obviously like if you're shooting a hollywood film or something like that where you have tons of tons of time and tons of money and whatever and you can rig it out and have all the people you need yeah like go crazy shoot an 8k go with the red go with the alexa mini or whatever like that's that's cool but for weddings i think that there's so many more important things out there when it comes to storytelling and making really good wedding films that the C100 allows me to do and allows me not to have to worry about that. And same thing with the Mavic Air. Like I could get an Inspire and I could fly the Inspire on the wedding day and do whatever. I know guys who do that and I'm sure that it's great for them and I'm sure that they love having their massive Inspires on wedding days. But for me, it's like, you're trying to tell this story and whatever you need to use to tell the story and having those features packed in that make your job as easy as possible. I think to me, that's the most important thing. And I think that, that we agree on that. So I just had to bring that up for one second because again, there's very few of us C100 users out there left, left out in the world of the GH fives and the, a7s well that's the thing you hit the nail on the head in terms of the focusing on story because to me that's more important than anything else there's a lot of people out there that pixel peep and look at well this camera has 240 fps at 4k not that any camera actually does that but like they're looking at all the specs and they're not actually looking at what's going to help them achieve the best story in a run and gun scenario which is what weddings are and most short films if they're low budget are going to be run and gun scenarios so you need 
whatever's going to work the quickest because time is essence and shoots like that. And we like, and this even goes back to our conversation about Apple versus Android or whatever. You know, like on paper, Android may look like the better option. Android has some of the like flashier specs and does some of the flashier things. But at the end of the day, like you've seen it to work and work well. And that's something I think that Canon has always done. And again, it comes down to what you prioritize. And I think for us, we both prioritize. We love the look of Canon skin tones. And that's yep. something that's really, really important to us. So that's awesome. Thanks, man. Well, this has been a really awesome conversation. I'm so glad we got to chat about this. I've been super intrigued about your whole Android and mm-hmm. iOS kind of going back and forth. And I wanted to hear talk about that. And I love we got to talk about a few other topics at the end there. And we could probably keep going forever and ever and ever because we have hours a lot of um, yeah. we have a lot of mutual interest when it comes to tech and things like that. But for people out there who want to check out your work, who want to find out more about you and just kind of want to see what you're all about, where are some places that people can go find you online? Yeah. So my YouTube, I was debating on doing two different channels, but I've recently just said I'm going to put them all in one channel. So Josh Medlin, that's my YouTube. Changed my Instagram to Josh Medlin as well. Um, it's Josh underscore Medlin. And then, yeah, I mean, you could follow me on Twitter too, but that's a little bit more random. Like I don't really focus on business stuff there. So my work and my business. I feel like that's a lot of people are on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. That's sort of just like the random. Yeah. Just tweeting my thoughts there. So yeah. And then your wedding work is Joshua Bryan Cinema. Yeah. Joshua Bryan Cinema.com. I don't actually have a, like a wedding handle anymore. My I changed my wedding handle on Instagram to just Josh underscore Medlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go check out Josh, guys. Go follow him on all his on all his places. Go check out his work. He has a lot of obviously like really great wedding work, but he also has a lot of really cool like short stories and like short films and things like that that he's made over the years. So definitely go check that out. Um, but yeah, Josh, this has been awesome, man. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right, there you have it. Big thanks to Josh for being on the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of Ties Techland and you want to hear more like it, make sure you go back and listen to some of our old episodes. We've got a lot of really, really great episodes building up in the queue. It's been awesome to see as the podcast has been growing and to see the diverse lineup that we've had of guests and the amazing topics we'll be able to cover. So make sure you go back and listen to some old episodes. If you want to help support the show and you want to help us out, we'd really love it if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. Five-star ratings on iTunes are one of the best ways for us to get known and for the podcast to continue to grow. So we'd really, really appreciate that. If you have an idea for a topic for Ties Tech Line, head over to Instagram. You can find me at Tyler Harrington. I'd love to hear any feedback or any suggestions you might have. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show and you have an idea for an interesting podcast topic that you'd love to chat with me about, there is a link in my Instagram bio where you can fill out a quick little Google form and I can get that information from you. We can schedule a time for you to be on the podcast. So that is all we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week with another episode of Ty's Tech Line.